0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah, my
1: favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into another edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolga, Declan, Goff, and uh, Declan, you were at, in attendance at the uh, Wild Avs preseason game. I missed it because I went to the Twins. And I know, oh, okay. there's, I know, there's nothing like preseason hockey. Oh, it's the best to get you going, right? So give me your uh, thoughts and observations from what you saw at the XL Energy Center on Saturday.
0: Well, to start with, uh, Matt Dumba is back, and he's healthy, and that shot is just as vicious. Um, Mm. He was on the first power play. His first first goal of the game was a clapper from the top of the point on on a really nice pass, too, from Nico Sturm. Um, And, and, you know, Boudreaux is kind of tinkering with power play units. This is obviously the time to do it when it's uh, so early in the preseason. Um, but it was it was a great shot from Dumba and probably what they're going to need on offense. They also had Felino and Hartman up front, which definitely caused a nice screen against the goaltender. Mm-hmm. And and Dumba just clapped the shot. And and he saw he teed up a few more too that were very impressive and and what the Wild totally missed last year. So that that was probably the biggest positive to take away is Matt Dumba is back. He's healthy and the shot is just as as nasty as it was the first time we saw him.
1: And that guy is um, which is why. Back in the day, a couple of years back, he drove people crazy. And yeah. I always said, you can't trade him. Yep. Now, I, there are times I probably would have benched him, and I'm fine with that. And he, he had the game, I go back a couple of years ago, against the Jets where he was terrible and looked yeah. irresponsible with the puck. Yeah. But this skill set for a defenseman is so hard to find. Correct. So hard to find. Yeah. And you sort of had this probably in Brent Burns, and you made that <laughs> trade. And and if there was any lesson learned, it's that there are a few positions that uh, that certain people have skill sets at that make you invaluable. And Matt Dumba is that guy.
0: And what, there was another interesting part, too, where uh, Dan Renouf of Colorado, the defenseman, was, was gunning gr- Dumba all night. I mean, chipping him and chirping him and, and hitting him against the boards and really kind of going after him a little bit. Felino took notice. And this is where Marcus Foligno really stood up last year, and we and you saw it again on the. Yeah, preseason. by the way, he's nice. the captain of the team. Yeah, I love I love him. He's he, he really took stood a,
1: up last year, and also talked when they played like crap. Yeah, and he was the guy that basically took control.
0: And he did that on Saturday. I mean, his defenseman was getting run, and it's preseason, and Felino beat the crap out of this guy, gets a misconduct for it, and it was it was awesome because you saw a guy protect Dumba, oh. and you need and, and Dumba, don't get me wrong, Dumba can defend for himself. Sure. I mean, he's a tough yep. tough cookie, but. It was awesome to see Felino say, This all right, enough of this crap. I'm going after you and, and he did and it was also really inc- encouraging to see Right now the the hockey the pure hockey fans are very upset with you. They're oh, very yeah.
1: upset. They're saying, What's Declan talking about? How fighting should be out of the game. They they are very you have Phil Mackey, just quit listening right now. Oh yeah. I'm just I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Uh what did you see and, and so the Wild played the abs on Saturday, and then obviously, I believe, played in Colorado on Sunday, yeah. and, and they're practicing in Vail, uh for the majority of this week. What did you see from the all-important Boudreaux <laughs> line combinations, which I know are going to change a thousand times, uh, But but we talked about this on the last podcast. Are we getting any tell so far about what he might do with his lines?
0: I really don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, That's not the hot sports takes I long. Yeah, I, I get that. He started on Saturday with Greenway, Koivu, and Cunning. And you can Wait, tell yeah, that. Write
1: these down? Hold on.
0: Yeah, you can tell that Koivu wants his top six rollback. Bruce is adamant about it that it's, it, I can't just put him on the fourth line out of necessity. If this guy shows that he's back to being Miko Koivu, he's going to give him a chance to be in the top six. I don't agree with that. But I understand the logic of... So
1: it was Jordan Greenway
0: on the left, Koivu in the middle, and... Cunning on the right. on the right, okay. And then we had Zach Parise with Stall in the center, yep. Zuccarello on the right, who had a very good game in the box score, but he was very upset with his play. I read uh, his quotes. He said, yeah. I sucked. He said he sucked, and he had a goal and two assists, and he had a nice breakaway. I mean, offensively, he looked as, as advertised, but he was very discouraged with his play. So that was line two. Okay. Uh, he then had Stafford... Didn't, or yes, Stafford, Donato, Zucker. Do I have Zucker flip there? I think I do because Zucker's a left shot. Yes, he is. So Zucker, Donato, Stafford. My okay, apologies. so
1: Zucker on the left, Donato was in the, in, middle. In the middle,
0: and Drew Staff- Stafford Drew on the Stafford,
1: right, who's on a PTO, correct? Correct, he's on okay. a PTO. All
0: right, and then the fourth and final line, which I'm, which I'm sure we'll k- kind of see, it was Hartman, Sturm, and uh, F- and Foligno. Marcus Foligno. Foligno, so so that Felino will
1: be. My guess is Foligno will be on the fourth line, but he'll be very important.
0: Yeah, I, personally, I would just pencil in Foligno and Hartman on the flanks of of the, your fourth line. I mean, I think they're great fourth line players, so I, I would never expect them to move up anything past a top into a top six role. Uh, but they're really good there and I think Boudreaux likes to roll for the lines. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, taking away what I guess what, what I saw was Donato too was shooting the puck a lot, which I liked. He was on the first power play unit to start, and there was no Miko Koivu on the first three power play attempts. He eventually got time there, but there was no Miko Koivu for the first on the first two units of either power play. The first unit was Donato, Hartman, Stahl, Suter, Dumba. Was on Saturday, so Donato Hartman, Stahl, Suter, Dumba. Where was Spurgeon second? Spurgeon, I didn't actually, I didn't see Spurgeon. I did not see Spurgeon. Um again, that's where the he's just tinkering with, with okay. so many stuff. I didn't fair see not. him on the power play. Yep, that's right. Uh, and then unit two was Parise, Zuccarello, Cunnan, Hunt, Belpedio. I would assume so that Spurgeon, Spurgeon would probably be on the Belpedio side. I don't I don't think Louis Belpedio might make the team, but I don't I don't see it coming. Nope. Um so that was the power play units to start. And then Koivu found his way in there. But I I, I think the most alarming takeaway that from the game was Devin Dubnik did not look good. He did not look comfortable. Keep in mind, the Avalanche rolled out like their C-squad, just like the Stars did in the first preseason game. And this was Devin's first action in the preseason, yeah. right? and I mean, he was all over the place. And it was it was a little alarming um, to see him giving up the goals he was giving up. The Wada to fight tooth and nail for a 3-2 win against, again, the BCHL Colorado Avalanche. And if Dubnyk is struggling there, and if you're going to make the struggles, I guess do it in the preseason. But it is, was not an encouraging start after Dubnyk is essentially was, coming off his worst
1: worst season in Minnesota. So how, how much do you think you can account for the fact that that was Dubnyk's first action of the exhibition
0: schedule? I think a little bit. I, I think it for sure factors in. But at the end of the day, I want to see my goalie shut down. Sure. Junk, no, I, I don't you know? blame
1: you. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to think of why he would have looked so rough in that game and it could have been because it was his first game
0: exactly and and maybe that's it and hopefully that's it
1: and so now we we have news coming down that Donato is no longer playing center is that correct that's correct that he's Um, been moved while while they're practicing in Vail he's been moved to a wing
0: yeah and the afternoon we're recording this podcast on a Tuesday September 24th uh, we had Ryan Donato on the left wing okay with Koivu in the middle Hartman on the right I I have no I don't like that combination in the slightest and Cunnin's back at center. Cunning's now back at center with his flanks of Prez and Zuccarello. I don't. I, I. This is typical Boudreaux. I understand that the tinkering has to happen. Right. But I. So, so I, I don't. What I. What I. What I don't want to see. And I'll let you get to your point. But I, I don't, don't want. I, I don't want to see. This Ryan Donato and Luke Cunning basically treat, be treating like this whole Charlie Coyle. He's a center. He's a wing. Is a wing. Is a center. Absolutely. Like pick a position and stick with it. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, you know, give them the looks now because it's preseason. But please, I don't want to be going down the same road again. You know, we we saw me uh, Mikhail Granlund struggle at center, and then eventually he thrived at wing. That he stood there and it was great. It worked out. But I don't want to just keep seeing this Cunnan Donato as he center, as he a wing. What which is he? I, that one I don't like. Is somebody m- missing from this practice though? Because who stall in who's. On Stall's flanks then.
1: Zucker and Fiala.
0: Fiala's now practicing with the Wild after getting here last week. This over the weekend. Okay, Fiala so on back. the
1: right. Zucker on the. Okay, so he's probably just toying
0: around here. Yeah, he pro- and probably maybe that's it. Maybe you know we we're we're uh, we're making, we're overreacting. It's podcast, but it's still preseason. So I mean, sure, we, we could be overreacting, but. Um, so what? So yeah. here's my observation, and. I realize that it might be a little bit
1: difficult. I would really like to see Donato in a top six role. Correct. I'm That's... not sure what you think there. You know, if green, so if greenway is going to be on the third line, I, to start the year, I think, okay, I can handle that, but I'd really like to see Donato in a top six role. hundred percent. And right now. So from what you just told me now, they've got Parisi on the left of Cunningham and they've got Zucker on the left of stall. And so, that bumps Donato down to the third line with Koivu. Boy, if you could find a way to get Donato back up there, and the center idea I actually liked, but your Coil point is a great one. Let's we don't don't do that anymore. Yeah. Don't pick a position. And if he's a center, he's a center. And if he's a wing, he's a wing. But this whole Charlie Coil thing, and I'm I'm not excusing uh, Charlie for at times not fulfilling his promise. That's on him as well oh, yeah, here. Yeah. So I'm not excusing him for that. Uh, but I don't want to see this, well, tonight Donato's going to be playing center, and then in two weeks we're going to, don't do that, don't do that. Oh, and so this playoff game, or a playoff game, this preseason game did not have Rask playing, is that correct?
0: Yeah, uh, Rask did not play on Saturday. I, I believe he got in the lineup on Sunday in the second one. It Early indications are are exactly what we're fearing with Victor Rask, um, even with I think he got, got in touch with uh, Andy Ness, is that right? Which Ness? Oh, uh, yeah, I went to coach. college with with the Ness, with some of the Nesses, so I, yep. I mix skating. them all up. Yep. But um, he was working with them this summer because that was, I think, the biggest alarming fact was Rask just lost so much step and jump and he couldn't skate. And I think he was working on it in the summer, but I don't know to what prevail because it, it, it has not looked good. And now you're basically looking at scratching a $4 million player, and I'm sure that Bill Guerin is trying to find a sucker. To take this on for a good seventh round pick, but I think the only way to, to really get, if you're going to trade Rask, is you get you then as the Wild have to pretty much inherit the same contract and situation that Victor Rask is in. So you're basically getting a player too that is not worth what he's getting paid, and is probably a detriment to the lineup. Not good. I don't know what they're going to do with him. And he really can't play. He can't play. I don't. And you, think can't he can
1: justify, you can't justify. Uh, you can't on a team where you're looking to challenge people probably for the first time in quite a while, you can't justify him playing and then be like, well, we're paying him so much because the players are going to be like, well, then there remains zero accountability here. Yeah, this is going to be a very sticky situation, and I don't know how it plays out. And if he's not going to play, he can't be around. So what do you do there? Uh, Yeah, this is a nightmare. This is an absolute nightmare. This is, you know, everything else with Fenton, and I know he was not a – Deemed to be a good guy, and he probably wasn't. But everything else with Fenton can sort of be fixed. The Fiala thing, oh, I think he might be fine. I think he might score 25 goals. Yeah. I, you know, and if he does, you're fine there. The Donato trade, I, I'll go back to this. I like, I like it. It put Charlie Coyle in a good situation in Boston and good for him, and he made the Stanley Cup Finals with them. Uh, but Donato shoots more. I like his style of play more. So that should be fine. But the Rask one is going to be a pain in the butt. Yeah.
0: I'm am actually reading a book right now, which is almost more shocking than anything else you in are, this world. You're reading a book. I'm reading a book that Matthew Collar recommended me. I didn't called know you read. I didn't. I don't read. You're well, I mean, right. The internet. I know you. Yeah, read. I, I read the internet. And but, you look at pictures. Yep. Look at pictures and sometimes videos. Um. Yeah, I'm sure. You but know. he recommended this book called Stat Shop by Rob Vollman. Yeah. And it's basically a great in-depth, um, kind of beginner's guide for understanding all the hockey analytics and and also just common sense on building a team and managing your salary cap and all this stuff. But there is this great paragraph. And keep in mind, this book was written in 2015 okay. or published in August of 2015, okay. so there's, there's a little bit of a gap between now and then. But there's this great paragraph about when you're trading for a player, and this was totally—he's mentioning Paul Fenton here, funny enough. And It says, barring one of the more uh, aforementioned situations, the overall acquisition cost of a player in a trade should usually be even. Unless there's a large disconnect in an organization's evaluation of a particular player, acquiring a collection of players of a certain value should require a group with the same approximate value in return. Therefore, the primary purpose of trades are to improve the team's mix in one area or another and to build toward a window, not necessarily improve a team's overall value unless you can find a real sucker. And that, that, that last sentence is totally... Paul Fenton was that real sucker. Yes, and we've talked about that. The trading Nino Niederreiter, we understood why the trade happened. Yeah, but you, absolutely but understood. But some that. clearly, Paul Fenton was enamored by Victor Rask, and I think it's pretty telling that I think the scouting department and everyone around him was saying, "You cannot. You can trade Nino, but you can't make it for this guy. You can't do this the trade." Analysts
1: people told him exactly right, and that. And you can't. Fenton, trade.
0: And Fenton said, "No way, I'm, I'm getting him." And it turned out to be the worst. And look, I. I was optimistic that the trade could work. I'm totally not going to hide from that, but this is this is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster, and it, it's a, probably the biggest blemish on the Fenton's tenure here. It easily is. It's the worst. And, it's, and the worst
1: it's the worst trade in franchise history. And that includes Nick Letty's got trade. nothing and on this. Leddy, yeah. And yeah, the Burns trade's a, the Burns trade in retrospect, bad trade, um, but it still got your Coil back. Yeah, this is the worst trade. There is going to be no payoff here whatsoever. Right. Unless you somehow turn Rask into something, which you're, there's no way that you're going to, this is going to go down as the worst trade by this team. And But you know what it is? It's emblematic also of this, Declan, and this is the most important thing. That So this is the starting point of that trade. Niederreiter was being used on his off wing, and he was buried on the third or fourth line. Why? Because people who were probably not probably shouldn't have been played above him were being played. Yep. This is why you got to go in that locker room and say, boys, I don't care what you think. We're doing what we think is best. Bruce is masking that right now by saying, I got to look at things, or I'm rewarding people. But he flat out should come out and say, I'm going to do what's best for this team, and if people get hurt, I don't care. Because the people that get hurt, you don't care. Yeah. You don't care. They're, they're not important enough to care. So... If the starting point of Nino had been a realization of, and some people thought this and they're right, he can score goals. He can score. He's a little bit prone at times to pouting, and I think he got a little bit lazy at times, but he can score goals. Yep. If the starting point had been to go in the locker room and say, boys, we're shaking things up, and I don't care what you think, and some of you aren't going to play as much, and I don't care what you think, then he doesn't get traded because he starts scoring. Yeah. If you had empowered Nino by... Unempowering. See, that's the thing is people always want to talk about 2019. They always want to talk about empowering people, which is fantastic if they deserve it or if you can get more from them. But when you do that, you can also, especially in sports, you take away power from somebody else. And if you had gone in a locker room and said, We are going to strip some power here. Sorry, gentlemen. And if I don't get what I want from you, you just won't play to somebody else. Guess what happens? Nino plays, Nino scores, trade never has to be made. So it's a very, but that's where they need to go now. And that's what I'm saying. Donato, I want to see him top six, Declan. I, I want to see him top six because I want to see a kid like that. And I don't care what he did in Iowa, if he ticked him off because he didn't play hard in a meaningless AHL playoff series. I don't care. What he did here was impressive. So reward that.
0: Yeah. At the expense of others, reward that. 100%. And Donato is a guy that, like you, like we talked about last week on, on the last pod, is he shoots the puck. He can skate really well. I do think he can play center. When I first saw it on paper, I just wasn't aware that, A, he had played it before, and B, I think the reason they moved him up was because he can skate. And that is probably the most important thing for a center. And if he shoots, guess what? And if he it's can shoot even better. Because the Wild have had so many pass pass first, not just centers, but mentality. And and, and there was some moments on Saturday where, I mean, Denado never kept connected on a goal. But there was a couple moments where he just ripped one. And was it a high danger and maybe a good decision to shoot? Maybe not, but it's putting the puck towards the net. It sounds really crazy, but if you're shooting the puck towards the net, odds are you're gonna you're gonna have a higher chance to score. So the, the, I love that Donato has a shoot first mentality. I wish he also could get in the top six role permanently. Maybe he'll still end up there. I mean, this is the what, the last week or and a half or so at training camp and I think big big cuts are about to come down here too. So maybe after some players get, get signed up Iowa and, and get cut, then I think maybe Who's we'll gone see him even? back. I think Staff I think Stafford's gone. I mean maybe, maybe he might be the last man out and maybe he maybe he fits in as um you know the, the last guy on the roster. And but, that's absolutely fine. And that's yeah, it could work out. I it, it's just I think like guys like May Mayhew, um, and even J T Brown. You know I think those guys are going going to Iowa. I think Brown requires waivers, but yeah. and if and you know if he gets claimed, who cares? Right. <laughs> God, that's kind of how I look at it there. Um, but I, I think uh, for the most part, this roster has been set since even before training camp. So
1: if this comes down to let's say potentially roster construction wise, Stafford and a young player is there a young player that you would keep over a guy like Stafford because if this was a if this was a playoff type team, you know, you might say oh Stafford's been around, he's been through this before, we'd like to have him. I don't see the Wild as having that problem. So is there a young player too in your mind that you've seen who you think to yourself that guy at least deserves a chance?
0: I don't know if I see anyone that deserves a chance with the Wild because, like, Mayhew had a great year in Iowa last year, which yeah. is encouraging.
1: He had a great playoff, right?
0: Yeah, and a, and a good postseason run. But I'd rather see him play top three minutes in the AHL okay. than just have him be up here and be in and out of the box, uh, press box. I, I think that he deserves a play in the AHL and getting top three minutes. And, you know, Drew Stafford might—I think maybe the only way he does make it if they can find a sucker for Rask. If Rask is out— then I think Stafford's in. Even though they're two different positions, and I know Rask is a center. I think uh, if it came down to maybe like J.T. Brown and Stafford, I think Stafford's going to make the team. I just I think he he has veteran leadership, and and Brown I think kind of played his way out towards how the the thing in Dallas
1: didn't help him when he Correct. went out and got picked up or got in trouble. And I think in Dallas and I think that was another
0: um, Brown was another Fenton guy. Okay, I think that was totally a Fenton move. Okay. So I I think I think Brown very unlikely that he makes this roster.
1: How's Bruce doing? How's Bruce's demeanor these days
0: he's good i i bruce boudreau is just a darling honestly to, to cover right i mean he's yeah, he's, he's the best he, he's personable he's hilarious the poor man's been through a lot though or he's been put through a lot yeah, by yeah, his employer he really has um and that's why i'm really hopeful that he's sticking around here beyond the season in the last year of his contract because just because he i think he can get he can milk so much talent out of the littlest possible outcomes we've saw that he's done that his entire coaching career um and i think he's the right guy for the young kids too. I, I don't I, I think he empowers Donato and Greenway and Condon. and I think he's gonna give them opportunities. I know we that kinda of might be contradicting what we started this podcast with, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to give them the roles that they are going to be putting to succeed. So I, I like I like Boudreaux's demeanor. I, I think um the only thing and he knows it and we mentioned this too, he knows that Miko Koev was just chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit to be back in the top six. And I understand a coach rewarding a player for you know, showing that he deserves it. But I think for the betterment of this team, I I just hope Bruce doesn't stick with Koivu in the top six just because his name is Miko Koivu and he has a letter on his shirt. I, I want the... Odds, p-
1: odds the in your mind, odds that Koivu, let's say on January 1st,
0: is on the third line. I think odds are probably at 50%. Likely, like what I want, if I was Declan Goff yeah, running no, the wild, as the assistant GM too.
1: If, of, if you're handicapping it, I'd say you're... Would you just said? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'd I, say it's about thirty percent. Yeah,
0: it's a, fifty is pretty modest, right? I mean, or optimistic that I, I think he has done so much, and Boudreau knows it. And you know, I will say Miko's Miko has looked strong. He has his legs back. He's he's he looked good on Saturday. So he can win face-offs. and he can win faceoffs. And there's still productivity with him. He was the number one penalty killer, and and that can still be the case. I just don't want. Him to be playing eighteen minutes a night because his last because his last name is Koivu. Right, and it doesn't
1: benefit and it doesn't benefit the team to milk as much as they can from him given their circumstances. Correct.
0: How does Stall look? Stall, I, I think, still looks pretty slow. We saw that in the first in the shootout loss. Um, even in the power play uh, on Saturday, he scored a goal, but he was skating up on a two on one and just lackadaisical and just ripped one and, and he beat you know the backup goalie of Colorado. Correct. I think that puck gets stopped by the majority of any NHL starter. I. I'm curious to see if he can uh, get his legs under him because if he can get his legs back and stop gripping the stick so hard, then you know maybe we'll see uh, a better Eric Stahl. the 42 goal guy you saw in 2017, 18. That ain't, that's not happening again. That just that's not. And at that happen. time, that was a miracle. Oh, and you know that's the thing
1: about that 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 yeah. guy never really existed. Mm-hmm. Like that was a unbelievable, but at that age, that guy was never coming back in 2018, 19.
0: Yeah, so I, I think it's uh, with Stahl... I would like to see him skate a little better and then not grip his stick so hard. And if that means shooting more pucks on net, I'm totally okay with that. Totally all right with that. Final thoughts? Well, we do have some breaking news that oh. has uh, come across as uh, we're really? recording this podcast. What Ju- are the odds? So the old Justin Falk situation in Carolina, I don't know if you've been following that, but he's been you know on and off the ice. Yep. He, he's healthy, but he's not really participating. Yep. Traded to the St. Louis Blues for a fifth-round pick. And then, he now has just signed a seven-year extension to stay in St. Louis. To St. Louis, Justin Falk, and a 2025th-round pick. To Carolina, Joel Edmondson, Dominic Bach, Ooh, okay. and a 2021 7th-round pick. And you kind of saw the writing on the wall there, I think, when when Gardner signed in, in Carolina. Yes. that Falk, would, and, I, and I think Falk's kind of been looking for a way out of there anyway. Which is so weird, because he was kind of the heart and soul, and I believe he was the captain. Wasn't was he, I think he might have been the captain the year before that they went on their last run here, but... You kind of thought when you saw Carolina come together that, well, Justin Falk should be instrumental in the leadership and, and the turnaround of this team. And essentially, it's the opposite. Everyone has succeeded uh, without Justin Falk last year. And it looks like Carolina, who are, people are very bullish about still uh, being a good team next year. I have some questions in goal, goal, with goaltenders Carolina? There. Yeah. I've, I've, i I think they'll score. I think Carolina very well could take a step back, a yeah. significant step backwards.
1: Yep. That was a fun year, but I think they could. T- they strike me as the type of team where where you think, oh, they've turned a corner, and then you find out, ah, eh, not really turned a
0: corner. Yeah, so I, I think I think they'll score, man. I mean, they can they can definitely put the puck in the net, but I do not you know what believe else? their goaltending can. The hold Blues
1: up. ain't sitting still.
0: No, this is a good trade for this is a good trade for St. Louis too. I mean, I, I don't know Central what the terms division, are. Baby. But, but that's... Bu-
1: buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up for the Central Division. It's going to be very n- intriguing. All right, so... The uh, breaking news, if you are uh, tuning into this podcast, and as Declan said, we're recording this on uh, Tuesday, is that Justin Falk traded from the Carolina Hurricanes to the Blues uh, Blues uh, send defenseman Joel Edmondson and a prospect in a seventh-round pick in 2021 to Carolina. We uh, will be back early next week, I'm sure, to discuss it as the regular season, Declan, if I'm not mistaken, starts then. We will actually have real hockey to talk Thank about goodness. next
0: week. Instead of Justin Falk breaking news blocks, we we'll have some other stuff to talk about. Preseason hockey,
1: there's nothing like it. The best. I don't know what you're talking the about. The absolute best. I'm sorry I didn't get to a game.